Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I am not bored. I am not broke. I am back. So do me a favor, go subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you know the drill. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Going to keep bringing you content throughout the month and obviously training camp, daily reports during and then also during the season. We'll get you a lot of information. So do us a favor and subscribe there as well. You can find us in the Empire Media YouTube page. It's Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, former Washington Redskins offensive lineman, Joe Jacoby. Last week, he was included in a list, 25 semifinalists who go before the senior committee to get into the Hall of Fame. So here's the steps. He, they, they, will not, they will whittle the list down to 12 on July 27th, and then on August 16th, they'll announce up to three entries into the Hall of Fame via the senior candidate level. And talking to some people who are part of the senior voting committee, they know that there's a major backlog of um, Hall of Fame worthy talent. Jacoby certainly is one of them. So we'll see if they finally get him in there. I think he's certainly more than deserving to be in there when guys like, and I asked Jacoby about this, when guys like uh, Lawrence Taylor, Chris Dolman, Charles Haley say you're the best line, the best lineman they faced, that should matter. We'll see if it finally does. Good luck to him. But anyways, I asked him about all that stuff, asked him about the team name. Also find out about a little trip he and some of the other former Hogs made to Mexico recently. Good stuff with Jacoby. Before I get to that conversation, one little note, or I guess two little things. First of all, Daniel Snyder, Washington's owner, offered two dates to the Congressional Committee, the Oversight Committee, that he would agree to testify. That's July 28th, July 29th. I still haven't talked to anybody who thinks that he'll actually testify. So we'll see what goes on there. This is just, there are other things they'd have to negotiate in addition to the dates. So we'll see if this ever happens. Those are really the last two dates that he could testify before Congress breaks in August um, for recess. And then after that, a lot of the attention gets turned to the midterm races. I don't know what will happen at that point. He can all, if they do serve him with the subpoena, um, they want to subpoena him, but they haven't served him yet. U.S. Marshals cannot serve him when he's overseas. And if they do serve him one, my guess is the sense would be that he tries to tie it up in courts. And we'll see what goes from there. But that's just an educated guess based on talking to a number of people. We'll see what happens. Finally, Terry McLaurin got it done while I was on vacation, knew that this would happen. Or I knew there was a very good chance before I left on vacation, I had a pre-written news story saying that he had signed because I knew that there was a very good chance. On the going into the last or the during minicamp, I had heard that there was some optimism that he may even get done before the end of minicamp. That's where it was progressing. That's why I felt like this would get it done. And I always felt like this would get done. The lowest confidence level meter out of 10 that I had was a seven and a half. Otherwise, it was an eight between eight and nine that this would always get done. And it did. So good for them. Good for him. Both sides knew it. I have more on that and other potential future signings in a podcast later this week. So with all that being said, you want to hear from Joe Jacoby, and so do I. So let's get to my conversation with former Washington Redskins offensive lineman, Joe Jacoby. Enjoy. 
Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free. All right, Joe, well, it's it's an honor to talk to you. I always enjoy talking to you over the years when I see you out at, like, some of the alumni events and all that. It's always fun to talk about some of the old days, but I think there's an old day and a new day coming up here with you because once again, you've made it to that semifinalist round for the NFL, for the NFL hall of fame. This time as part of the senior committee. What's it like for you with this whole process? Because as you know, there's an army of fans behind you who are dying to see you get in. What's this like for you? Well, uh, it's an honor. Uh, it's kind of cool to still be thought of, you know, 30 years after you played your last game. And uh, to be included in that list, I saw the other day, it came out, what, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty cool uh, to be in the, in the same breath as some of those guys that uh, uh, are in that uh, final 25. And now we got to get to the final 12. And then and then they vote, I think, but August 16th, what I read somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So. You've been through so many of these situations several years ago. It looked like you were going to get in. What's it been like for you? Because, again, so many people want to see you get in for what you did, for what those teams did. Are you still able to appreciate where you're at with this? Or do you kind of get to the point you're like, either you're in or out? (laughs) Well, I think that we'll we'll find out again this year. Uh, I, I, I... after the modern section was over, I kind of just, you know, however it happened. And at that time, we were still in this allowing one senior per year. So they've had a major shakeup at the Hall of Fame as far as trying to get some of these, uh, the seniors into the Hall of Fame. And uh, the new president who replaced David Baker, uh, Mr. Porter, seems to be pushing this as far as trying to alleviate some of the backlog there with the seniors. And there's a lot of guys who have been, I'm not the only one. I mean, there's 24 other guys who make that final 25 are feeling the same way I am. I'm very grateful and thankful that we get another opportunity here. Well, and that's what I always tell people like, you know, and again, people here desperately want to see you get in but there's probably a Joe Jacoby for each franchise where you keep, you're kind of like, how is this guy not in yet? Do you ever, do you ever wonder that yourself? Like, how am I not in yet? Do you, do you go there? No, you really can't go there. I mean, cause you, you look at the, 
the whole league, National Football League. And there are, like you said, there are one individual per team, maybe more than one per team. And that makes it even more difficult to, to get in and stuff. And then when you get into the modern and, and they go down from the semifinalists to the finalists, I mean, you're happy to get in that final 15 that they take to there. Then you're just hoping you're one of the five that they bowled in that year. And uh, now it's now they're doing the seniors the same way. Right. So you got a semifinals list and you go to the finalists and you hope you're one of the three now, which, I mean, you triple your odds now because of that for the next three years. Did you think there was a year you were going to get in? I think uh, every player that makes it through that final 15 think that they're going to get in. That's just the type because of the athlete you are right. and you believe in what you've done and you know your resume speaks for itself. Now it's out of your hand. And I think that's the most frustrating part for myself and probably all the other guys that have been in that situation. It's out of our control. Right. We have no control over it. We can't control the line of scrimmage and that drive block or that pass protection anymore. It's in somebody else's hands. Would you like to see a different way or an enhanced way of voting to get more players in or just increase the, the size of the classes? There's probably many different ways that the, they have been talking about. Uh, this seems to be the one. Uh, what they, uh, Of course, they're taking it, uh, taking the next three years, putting three seniors in. I don't know. Make it, You make it. I don't know. I don't want to speculate right. and, and all that. That's out of my realm. I know what I did. Uh, my, my resume speaks for itself, and it's just a matter if it speaks to the voters. What does it mean to you that guys like Lawrence Taylor, Charles Haley, Chris Dolman come out and say that you belong there? What does that mean to you? Well, I think that may mean more to me than the Hall of Fame because they're in the Hall of Fame and, and you know, I played against those guys and they respect me. And, and that's, uh, on an individual standpoint, that's uh, really a blessing and really what you play for, to be respected by your peers. And I want to go back to when you said when you're in the final 15, you think you're going to make it. And I hate to ask you, but like, what does it feel like not to make it? I, you know, very few, listen, very few people can understand what it's like to be on that list of 15. It's an unbelievable honor. Think of the thousand people play, but you get that close. So what does it feel like when you don't get it? And how long does it move past? Like, I can't worry about it. How long do you get to that point? Well, I, I think the way for me to make it feasible and how it can relate to people listening and to yourself, John, I take it, I felt like after Super Bowl 18, I mean, we get to the biggest game and we you know, lay the A there. And, and you feel the same way in the Hall of Fame voting in that final 15. You're going, man, what else could I have done? And really, you can't do anything else in the Hall of Fame and the voting. I mean, your, your resume is already intact. It's just how they voted and what they thought was best for going in that year. Do you ever look at other guys that are getting in, get in there? It's like, well, what's the difference between me and this guy? Do you ever wonder go like that? Or is that, is that going too far? Uh, that's probably going too far. I mean, uh, you try to not let that play a part in it uh, because we're all in that same boat. We all want that get into the Hall of Fame, but you can't be envious and regret what 
one individual did and got in because it was their time. And that's uh, the good Lord looked at that way and blessed that individual to get into the Hall of Fame. I also think that a lot of fans here want to see you get in because they want to see you get in, but also because they want those teams to be more rewarded. Is that do you is that something you hear from even your teammates? Like, hey, how how can we not have more people in the hall from those teams? I don't know if I hear that as much as far as rewarding guys. Yeah, we do have a lot of guys that played in that 10-year span when we went to four Super Bowls and won three. Uh, that, you know, we kind of look at it, how the 49ers and other teams, the Steelers, and how many individuals got off those teams. But, I mean, we can't control that. I, right. I, I, I guess my thing, I think I was saying the other day, and I think you heard the, that what I was talking about, I just want people to recognize those teams right. from the strike years. And I, uh, that bothers me because they make it an excuse and it's not an excuse. It should be looked at what a great job this team did to overcome not only what goes into a season, but they had to play through and get the mental attitude right for each individual because now we're fighting about what every human being, every man playing for besides that ring is that paycheck and the money that they make. Was that- and we get overlooked because, oh, it's a strike year. But there was 31 other teams had that same opportunity. Did that challenge – in some ways, did those years challenge you more than even 91? What do you mean by challenge, Adam? Just because the, because there were there different obstacles that you had to overcome in terms of challenging you just as a team to stay together to, you know – well, Yeah, that, that, that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Uh, everybody was in the same boat. We all went out on strike. Right. And, it's, and we all came back in that first strike after being out for eight weeks. You know, this is a credit to our ownership, our coaching staff, and the players that we had on that team. We had still the one objective that we could still make, and that was to get to the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl. And we, we did that. And, and we overcame those obstacles that was in front of us of being out eight weeks, you know, the financial strife and all that, what we were going about, and ended up coming together and winning it all in that year in 1982 season. We did the same thing the Super Bowl 22. You know, they, they came in, the replacement players that our staff put together, held it through. We had nobody cross the line, one out of 32 teams. And we overcame that one and won another Super Bowl. I, I just, I think looking at it from a different perspective, instead of what we had player-wise, look at what those players did together that they overcame and won the Super Bowl and went through these odds other that the other 30, 31 teams didn't do. You know, it's funny because the strength of you guys was that offensive line, obviously. And I, right. you know, now, and you hear nowadays, well, if that line to play together now, it would be hard to keep you guys together because the money involved. What do you think gets lost when you get, you know, you see this money and all that? What gets lost? Like, as far as the line, what could you guys do because you were able to stay together for that long? If we played in this time frame? Well, no, but just even like if you played in this time frame, it would be hard to keep you guys together for, for that Correct. long stretch. So, what, because you guys did play together that long, 
what is it that you guys could accomplish that maybe would be tough for today's lines? Well, being together so long, we didn't have to rely on so much line calls during the play and all that. And, and knowing what each other was doing, I mean, we were in sync with the quarterback and the running backs because we had played together to, for that time period. And it meshed well. And then we had interchangeable parts. Doesn't mean that we were all together. But three out of the guys played in four Super Bowls. So we all just stayed together. And, and I think it bowled well for us in the way we uh, accomplished things and where our offense clicked and defense. And it all came together in 91. That was that was a great team. Yeah. Well, that, and it's funny because I saw, I think it was USA Today several years ago, put that, I think, as the top team to ever win a Super Bowl. So that, I mean, I guess that gives you guys, I don't know, did you know that? And Well, I knew that. I, I think it gives us, you know, bragging rights. Uh, right. What we could talk about. And I think what they were basing that on, it was statistically right. each group was ranked like in the top 10. You know, the offense, defense, special teams. And, and there was no other team that had been like that in any other any other Super Bowls to date. What was it like to face Lawrence Taylor? Uh, it depends on how the day started. It could have been a good day and very sweet. Uh, you know, we had our battles. Uh, you know, he got some things. And this is something as an offensive lineman, we get upset by making one mistake, a sack, or whatever it was. And then that one mistake is the highlight yeah. of that other individual's game. Yeah. So for, you know, 70 plays, and we mess up one, that one play makes it a highlight for the other one. I'm not taking anything away from oh, LT. Right. LT's, you know, uh, that was twice a year for 13 years. So it was uh, great battles. And uh, we've met a couple times and, uh, we both respect each other, and I know he told me I was one tough SOB. I said, well, you're not too bad either. <laughs> when, when you say when you could tell early what kind of game, like what is it that – were there things that you felt like, hey, I can take this away from him because I played him so much? Or what, were you, what did you feel was your strength in taking, you know, against him? Well, my strength was to get my hands on him as quick as possible and, and use my strength against – his speed. So if I can stymie him at the line of scrimmage, then I've won that battle and he's got to restart his engine over. But if he beats me off the snap, and then that's going to be a long day for me if he's getting those jumps on me like that. What Do you remember your best game against him? Or is there one game that stands out for you? No. I, I mean, there were so many of the plays that over those years get together. I know I remember more of the ones that, you know, are bad plays. And you try to figure out what happened on that and try to correct that and go move forward off that and not dwell on the past. Do you still think about those bad plays ever? Well, of course. Like now I'm thinking about them, John. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of those bad plays now, like do you still think you could go out there and like give me one more shot? You know, when you think of them now, what do you think? I think that any of us that played the game, we still have that mentality that, you know, we can step out on the field and do that. But then reality sits in and we're trying to get up out of a chair and we won't get, don't, don't move to where from that. 
yeah, you, you replay that and you see things, especially when you get to, you know, the playoff times. They show some of those games and you yeah. see those plays uh, that are transpired. Then you're trying to figure out what happened and try to correct it in your mind so the next play you'll be better, even though I'm not playing anymore. Um, what did you think of the name change? Well, that's a touchy subject. Um, I understand. Um I, I guess from my perspective, we've satisfied and taken care of the, what the name and changed that so it doesn't send people. But then again, taking the name going backwards, how many guys are affected and, and, and being involved with that other name and their history is gone. So, mm-hmm. so we, we, we solved one issue now we have another issue and put us in that same category that they saw the other one where the history and the name is gone. So my 13 years is gone. Yeah, they say you play for the Washington football team. Yeah, that's part of it. The part of the name, I played for the Washington Redskins. They don't come, well, I played for the Raiders. I played for the Browns. I played for the Ravens. So it was some meaning to each individual that played in the how many years before, 89, 88 years, mm-hmm. had the history of playing for that name. And now that's gone. Do you feel still a connection to the franchise? Somewhat. I mean, they still, I mean, we've still got that history and they try to include that, but it, it, it just, the commanders, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, and that's the thing. Now it's the Washington Commanders, and we get all pulled into that name, even though we did not play under that name. And that's, I think, hurts the individuals that play for the Redskins, and that's the history that they had, and they took pride in what they did with that organization. Um, what are you doing these days? Well, I'm. Uh, my wife has said not enough, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, now, I'm still working. Uh, like all of us, over the last couple of years, this uh, pandemic has changed the working style a little bit. So most of my work, I'm, I'm in the insurance business. Basically, I'm in the health field. Okay. Uh, we've company I'm involved with down here in Charlotte. We have put together a healthcare package that we are presenting to different businesses and stuff that want affordable health. And really, it's for people who do not have pre-existing conditions. There are some pre-existing, the pre-existing ones are taken care of, and we do do both, but this is for somebody who wants affordable health care and paying 50% less than what that. So it's been very interesting working that the last couple of years and seeing that this, this industry and comparing it to where I played in football and the car business. And so it's a, it's been an interesting couple of years. And you coach for a little bit. Do you miss football? Do I miss it? I, I still coach. What I coach down here in the Carolinas, we do a camp. I'm involved with some other local high school coaches in both Carolinas. And we do like an all-star camp. It's okay. just for O-line and D-line. And it's called Trench Corp. And we do, we take the top linemen in both North and South Carolina. And we got about 50, 60 guys. And we run them through like a, a combine. 
and we do the same type of drills they do in combines and stuff like that. And we do drills like that for about five weeks every every weekend. So you get your fill of it then? I get my fill of it then, and, and then I watch occasional football uh, on the weekends. I'm not big on the football until we get to Thanksgiving. Okay. Well, do you still watch this franchise? I do. It, it, it's it changed a lot because we don't get the game. I don't. I don't carry direct TV and the and pick up the package. So getting the 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 Commanders is hard because of the Panthers down here, right? With those uh, TV rights and stuff. So don't get to see a lot of them. Uh, I do catch it some going to different venues and, and, and you know seeing other people who got direct TV, and then we'll watch the game that way. Two more things. Um, have you do you pay any attention to the off-field stuff that's been going on here? Well, yeah, it's kind of hard not to with the social media and stuff and everything that comes out on you know Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, and you know, kind of trying to figure out what to believe and not believe. Because sometimes you don't get the full picture of what's going on. Oftentimes. Then who have you kept in touch with from that offensive line group from the hogs? Uh Russ, Jeff. Donnie Warren. Just retired. Just, uh, yeah, and we just came back. We spent uh, uh, two weeks ago, we were all had, went on vacation together to a beach. So we were oh, down, really? in, yeah, down in Mexico, Cabo St. Lucas. So so Russ was there with his wives and everything. So we had a week of uh, reunion tell, telling old stories. Was there, was, there, was there a little shed that you guys go drink at around 5 o'clock? Well, yeah, that was all over the beach. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Let's. What's it like when you guys get together? How? What's it like? Well, it's just like any guys that you work with. I mean, you, you talk about different things, and uh, you know, we kind of just we don't get to see each other, you know, physically a lot. So most of our conversation is, you know, over texting. We're in a, we got a text chain with about five of us. I think on that. Riggle's involved in that one. So we stay in contact that way, but it's just, you know, what's going on, what's happening. And, you know, usually we sit there and play games and stuff. It's hard to believe. What kind of games? Uh, word games. Oh, okay. Who wins? So, well, it depends on who you're talking to at the time. I don't have to say I won. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the last thing, did you I remember reading a story one time about you and Russ Grimm, how you almost basically almost choked him his rookie year or your rookie year. What was that story? Choke who? Russ Grimm. Over a curfew situation. Oh, I didn't choke Russ. That story's got off. Okay, that got confused. Oh, so, I know what you're saying. We got uh, we went out one night and we're sitting at a bar. And uh, sitting next to us was the writer from uh, Associated Press. Oh. So he's sitting there talking with us. And this is after ours. And you know, we're buying him drinks and shots. And he's the one that ratted on us. <laughs> so Russ went after him. Oh. So, you know, because we found out from one of our coaches said that there was a, a rat that uh, came in and told Coach Gibbs. And uh, the part where I came in almost Chuck Russ that, that Coach Gibbs called us out of the meeting, set us down and you know said, "I don't want this happening again. You got to promise." And Russ said, "I can't promise you that, Coach." So Joe Gibbs gets up and leaves, and I jump across the couch 
had my hands on his throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I remember one time Joe told me, he said like in training camp one time, he got in the huddle and he's like, all he could smell was, was beer breath. That's and, true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but we made it through. And uh, you know, he, wanted to, he wanted to uh, discipline us. He goes, I really couldn't do it. He goes, they had a great practice. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that's funny. It's, is it, uh, listen, Joe, I appreciate your time. I could ask you more and more questions, but I, I appreciate your time. And it was good catching up with you. And I hope it goes well for you this time, because I know a lot of people here really, really want to see you get in there just for you and for validation for your career and also for those teams as well. So hopefully it works out for you this time. Well, I hope so. But uh, like I said, it's uh, still an honor to still be thought of. And, you know, up in semifinals again, the whole thing, you know, and hopefully things work out well. We'll see what happens. Not bad for an undrafted guy from Louisville, huh? Uh, that's true. That is true. Thank you, Joe. My pleasure. Thank you, John. That's it for this episode. Thanks a lot to Joe Jacoby for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back with another podcast on Thursday again. It's going to be me and you talking about a few topics of things that I think that you should know about. So I'll talk to you next time.